welcome back to Deconstructing Damsels with Jessica Hannon. I keep forgetting to tell you who I am. And this week we do Say No to the Duke by Eloisa James, who is a comfort read for me. And I'm covering it with Lisa Cucci from Ladies of Leisure podcast. I think this is her first time actually being on an episode, and it's the first time we've had an episode guest. I say we as if this is a royal we. It's my podcast. But anyway... And we also have a little addendum at the end where we talk about a special event that happened on March 7th for me and resident guest Sven. Hope you enjoy the rest of the episode and we'll see you on the flip side. It's good because like now you know where I'm coming from and I read when I get confused because I'm just like, (laughs) I'm an American living in German, but I'm trying to read about Renaissance England. You know, it, it takes a very deep <laughs> mind to keep that on the same brain. Well, I was actually going to say, because like with you, um, I was actually listening, like I said, to The Sacrifice, and you were talking about the trashy romance novel, and I was wondering if, if it was this one. So, um, it might have been this one, um, because it took me about a month. Um, but I, I'm one of those people that, that I'm reading like five books at one time. So it's like two nonfiction where I think I'm going to learn. And then there's one trashy, and then there's one super trashy, like <laughs> Fifty Shades of Alice, which um, is uh, super trashy. Or if you've ever wanted to know how mermaids and angels have sex, I got that book. Um, Joey Hill, she's amazing. Um, oh, or like you a vampire threesome. Um, so this one is like my middle of the road. I could be like in a room and like be reading it and people wouldn't judge me too harshly. Ah, well, see, that's good because, like, I was going to say, like, I told you about the geriatric cult while ago. You yes. totally have to, you have to, Heaving you have business. to join them because, yeah, heaving business because, like, that cult, all they do is talk about trashy, trashy, trashy books all day long and they're so happy. Yeah, and, like, workers, I'm the smut purveyor. That's how I, like, you should be. Yeah. See, and, like, you're enjoying the smut and I enjoy the, the like, character arc. So it's perfect. I did enjoy this book because the character was very enjoyable. Here's what I didn't understand and uh, or uh, didn't like about this book. Yeah, I had to wait the whole book for a sex scene. I know. Is she always like that? I like um, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of like a low heat. She's kind of like a low heat author because like James is one of my comfort reads when I go into like that space where I need that, which is why I actually read this book originally, and so. Yeah, she's kind of like a low key, but what I like is I kind of like the way she builds it up, like Benedict and Beatrice and Much Ado About Nothing, how she builds up that that banter that like, especially you and I grew up with in the 80s and like 90s on TV, like that that build up is necessary. Yeah. Yeah. And there were a couple of times in this book where I was like, oh, now we're going to get it on. They're making steamy eyes at each other. Here it comes. <laughs> and then he, it, Lord Jeremy leaves the room and I was like, what? What just happened? <laughs> All right. I guess, I guess we'll get back to that. Yes. Yeah. Well, I kind of like that, too, because it seems like and, I haven't read the rest of the series because I got this one on sale, but I have a feeling she's probably like that with all these people with all the wilds. And I she's would say, like oh, how do you pronounce her name, her actual name? Because she goes by Betty, Bia, and a Boudica? couple. Boudica? I always say Boudica. I Boudica. Think. Okay. That's how I say it. It's probably wrong because so I, I, I don't speak uh, Iceni, so I don't know. <laughs> 
I saw it and I was like, Bodicea. And I know that's not how you pronounce it because my pronunciation is terrible. So that's why I wanted you to say it first. Okay. Oh, you know what we should do? We should probably, I should probably ask uh, Stephanie Burgess. Have you ever read her? Um, yes. She's, yeah. So like, you know, in her, in her like um, world, her like Boudicca world, that's why that's probably mispronouncing yes. it. Yeah. But yeah. she's so good. Um, yeah. But. Uh, so we might have spoilers in this. Spoiler, oh, yeah. you don't get back until the very end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it's kind of like a given that you're going to get spoilers on my <laughs> podcast. Um, so I did like that it started off with her. Um, I'll call her Betty because it's easier to say. Yeah. Betty going off to charm school or their yeah. version of school. And running into a bully. Clementine. Yes. yes. Clementine. I have notes on Clementine. Oh, good. Let's hear them. <laughs> okay. So um, the Clementine thing was, I, I put it like it, it. So Clementine is this woman who's like perfect for like, she wants to get married to the highest person. She refuses to be lowered in her stature. She's like every mean girl ever. Like she would make the girls at like Chilton and like Gilmore girls look like nothing. Right. Yeah. And yeah. she brought up the fact that Betty might have a questionable history. And Betty didn't even know about it. Right? And she was just like, I don't... Like, I know my mama was a little bit of a... Husty? Yeah, right? And so she was like, I know my mama was like that, but why are you being like this? And then, like, I like the fact that... Well, I don't like the fact... I like she stood up to her, but... I, I was like, uh, Clementine says, Clementine turned towards her. I'm merely repeating what scientists have proved, Octavia. Strong attributes are always inherited, just as when racehorses are bred for speed. You could call it destiny, but it's science. It's really science. And I was like, woof, that sounds like eugenics in a way. <laughs> oh, I know. I was like, oh, I could see why the Victorians took the turns that they did in their scientific method. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, woof. Like that, that was just like eugenics. And I was just like, no yeah. thanks. Yeah, Clementine, <laughs> you're harsh with your science. That's okay. She got her come up it's though at the end, so that's awesome. Yeah, so that that was Betty's way of setting out to get the highest bidder in the book because that's mm-hmm. basically what it is. Like she wants the high horse. Exactly. But, and we and she have she had like 14 proposals in her first season. And then, yeah, and then like, there was like more than that. Like there was like, you know, ones that were thinking about like proposing or whatever. I have a question about you, uh, how you feel about when the female character is so likable and perfect that it's annoying. I get annoyed by that. Like, I don't want someone that's going to be perfect. I like something with, I like someone with flaws and a little bit of bite and someone that's like a pain in the ass sometimes. So the romance novel I read before this, which may have been the one I mentioned um, on my podcast now that I'm thinking about it, it is someone who's so beautiful that she has to be mean because her beauty just ruins everyone's life. And I was like, I cannot relate to you in any way, shape or form. Who is reading this book thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, like this is my jam. That's like, um, who is it? It's like Stassi Schroeder on um Vanderpump Rules which is the Bravo show it's like she's very mm-hmm. much like that you know that like yeah. me 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 uh, I, mm, there's been a couple of them that I'm just like not even not even there for <laughs> whereas 
Betty, I felt like was reasonable. Like, yes, of course she's beautiful. 14 dudes have proposed to her and she's still riding high and she finally gets a Duke to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, She's a little bit more, they, I don't want to say they, they, they added enough substance to her to make me like, oh, I would sit down and have some tea with Betty. She seems cool. Right, because she does like she knows she's beautiful. She plays it up when it's appropriate, but otherwise she just doesn't care. Like I mean, she goes and does the beer. She takes care of like the beer hopping stuff too. Like I mean, she has no problem going out and getting dirty and being that person. Like she's well rounded in that way. And that's what Unlike she wanted to do. She went, yeah, she <laughs> wanted to go and have a day of fun by going to the auction house. Yes, I was so excited about that too. That was such a good. That was like a really good scene. And I knew that she and Thaddeus weren't going to work there, but her with Thaddeus's mom was like everything to me. Oh, I love that. So, yeah, the lead up to that was you got a Duke, you got Lord Jeremy. Lord Jeremy thinks he has PTSD and also might be a little crazy, but he's not sure. And he's but friend of the family, also a marquee. So he tries to sell himself short and he's like, oh, she wouldn't want me. I was like, you're a marquee. Really? Like, all right. You're right. Bye. But when okay, Daddy have... was like, you want to wear some pants? And his mom was all for it. I was like, oh, Daddy isn't a mama's boy. Uh-uh. He was, he's way too prim and proper. Like, because I actually wrote a note about that because, again, it's me. I have notes about everything. Yeah. But like, there was one she was like, um, she's talking about it and she's like, Betsy cleared her throat. I assure you that I am far from perfect. I necessarily strive for perfection due to my rank and responsibilities, Sadia said. Yet when I fail to achieve my own standards, as any man must, I am reassured by the fact that on, on excellent reputation can defeat gossip. Your reputation is impeccable. Bessie nodded her thanks, conscious of a gloomy feeling. Small moral faults are allowable under a guise of rectitude, Thaddeus added, digging himself deeper. It could be that thick eyelashes were not enough to counterbalance such deeply felt righteousness. I did like the use of rectitude and uh-huh. eyelashes. I did too. <laughs> and I like the righteousness because it was like you could just add the self in front and you know exactly what she's talking about. Yeah. And he was he was kind of a stick in the mud, but it came in helpful when he was the Duke in the room that would stand up to bullying. Yes. Like that one lady at the, at the, the dinner or the breakfast rather. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say I do love the scene where um, her so there's three sisters that are of questionable um reputation Lineage. because of mom, right? Yeah. And then obviously we would be best friends with them, right? Um, obviously, because they're the fun. Victoria <laughs> was the one that hated people and being around people. I guess mm-hmm. hating people is not the right term. Uh, anxiety. Yeah, she has really bad social anxiety. Like it makes her sick and nauseous, and she can't handle it. Yeah, yeah she, she will vomit. And then, like, there was a nasty woman who happened to want to do Lord Jeremy mm-hmm. and didn't get to. And so she started trashing Victoria at the uh, breakfast table within her hearing. Yeah. And basically, Thaddeus just stood up and was like, uh, not okay. Yeah. And he Ooh. was just like, not, not allowable. Sorry. But it had. It wasn't just that she was trashing Victoria, wasn't it? The lady started talking about Lord Jeremy. That's what it was. Uh-huh. And, and that's when t- Betsy was going to stand up. Remember, that was when Betsy was like, woof. Yes. First you're going after family, now you're going by a friend of the family. Woof. Nope. Yes. 
Because they question, uh, she questioned, was he crazy, right? Or no, yeah. no, he let his platoon die, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, which was like a whole theme in and of itself. Which is a PTSD that, that he was talking about, which I was glad to see that PTSD was actually dealt with, too. Like, yeah. you saw the, the highs and the lows. Yeah, I like that they introduced PTSD, the social anxiety, although the throwing up social anxiety was, I was like, oh, we're really going to throw up here. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, but I guess it would make sense in the in the setting if she was really kind of like away from society for the most part. Yeah. And that that's a lot of people to be around, a lot of titles that you have to act perfect around. That's a lot of anxiety. I yeah, can see that. Yeah. I feel like that they brought in those personality traits that you don't often see addressed. Yeah, and especially like in regencies, like you don't really see that for the most part. Like um Eloisa James has another series, it's a fairy tales that have been made over. And oh. one of them is called When Beauty Meets the Beast. Or when oh my Beast gosh, that's like something. my jam. Yeah, and it's like, and the Doctor is a lot like House. Like, you can definitely see the influence of House. But, like, okay. he's he's very clearly got, like, a a physical issue. And he's got, like, you know, mental issues from, like, being already who he is. But you can definitely tell that, like, you know, the, the impact of having his his gait and everything kind of change and stuff, you can definitely tell with him. Like, so I will say that James is fairly good about you know, noticing things like that. And I read that book, God, in 2013, 12, somewhere around there. Yeah. Oh, I love fairy tale remakes. I was just looking at Pinterest last night with all the different young adults, um, fancy ladies on the covers where they show <laughs> the different fairy tale remakes. I was like, oh, and Beauty and the Beast is my jam. Um, yeah. As you can tell from my amazing <laughs> shirt that I wore. I like your shirt. Um, <laughs> from beauty and the beast uh the animated version the true version yeah i just have toothpaste on mine sorry <laughs> <laughs> hey that's okay it's 5 30 my time so <laughs> just have my first cup of coffee it's fine it's fine everything's great well i was gonna i was gonna like change shirts and i was like it's getting to be too late to change shirts so sleep shirt it was yeah why would you change shirts when we are going to be talking about amazing beautiful ladies in the regency time period it's fine exactly i'm never gonna i'm never gonna stand up to that so not worried about it um i did like the amount of detail that eloisa james put into this so uh, i often find myself annoyed when i start reading a series and they start referring to the other characters who clearly already had a book written about them yeah and I was like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about with North, the older brother. Um, <laughs> exactly. In this one, it made me want to go and read the other wild books. Right. The way she writes is just fun. You can read this book in like a couple of days or in my case, like three hours because it's me. But like you can skim through it, but you still don't miss anything in the, in the meantime. Like you can still pick up all the important details. Like you may yeah. not remember what like the hops little like hut thing looks like but you remember that she was in there and that they were they did it on that fur jacket yes for instance yes <laughs> i also liked when they went to the auction house and the ceiling had a bunch of cherubs just doing it in random uh -huh. ways and exactly. it was supposed to it be a dude's only. Uh -huh. <laughs> and you're just like hmm and then um the person who created the art at the auction was actually sitting behind her mm -hmm. I thought that was too yeah it's like there was like little eggs of and of different things that you could find throughout 
yeah, there wasn't like the focus of like, because of the way the books are, it's often that there's only two main characters, the love interest and then the uh, protagonist. Yeah. And I've read books where they're solely the only characters in the book. And then there's little detail and you're like, well, I know where this is going. You need to make it very interesting. And if you don't with those details, you don't. But what she did was she incorporated like her aunt, her mother-in-law, the two love interests. Then there was this whole side mystery of is the to-be love interest actually crazy or not? Mm -hmm. And his family. And then he was estranged from his dad. So I felt like there were enough elements in this book where if it was running a little low on steam, she like threw something extra in there. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly it. Like that's, that's what you felt like. Like you felt, you felt like you were part of the world without being like, like, so I write more sci-fi fantasy stuff. So, but it's like, so I have to world build completely different, but here you could walk into the world because of the way she put in the characters and the way she had them interact. You kind of got the feeling of their, of her particular society of her London society that you may not have gotten from some other writers. See, and I write more modern day because the amount of detail that she puts in that makes it seamless for world building, where it's like, oh, this is what they wore. This is how they would dress themselves. Uh, this is the hierarchy. I was like, oh, I, I would have just made that up instead of re- researching. That's a lot of effort. <laughs> well, I will say I started reading a book. I was going to read it for the, my Patreons. And it was about like German um, royalty or whatever. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait, hold on. Hold on. Research shows you that, that that was abolished in at the end of the First World War. Oh, yeah, there is no, like they like you, they can keep the titles, but they don't have like a British royal. They don't have like a royal family or anything. But like this one yeah, was acting like it was like, like the I same thing. Who they are. Yeah, it, what, yeah, you do. They're the British Hanovers, basically. Yeah, they, they I was like, the over, did yeah, they come like, back? yeah, no, like that. Yeah, it's like they they didn't come back, and I was just like. And I was just reading it and I was just like, I had to put it down. And I was just like, I don't, I cannot. It'll probably go on my Patreon as a post of like DNFs. Because I was thinking about maybe not putting them in, but I feel like I should warn people sometimes. Yeah. So I, I find that too, when we do like words of the week um, on my podcast, or we do something where um, I try something as part of it and it fails. Uh Meaning I go to like an event and I'm like, oh, this wasn't what I thought it was. I don't want to trash the event because maybe my take on it is different. Yeah. But at the same time, so it's a fine line to say, hey, I don't want to trash this other maybe artist person or small business or something. What it's, it's almost an exercise in how to be diplomatic about it's not for me. Right. If you're like me, you may not like it. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. Like, I've, I, there's been a couple of, of books that I absolutely loathe that I have not put on here. When I started the podcast, actually, the first like two or three books that I was reviewing, I was like, oh my God, these are awful. I was like, I can't start them off hating them because that just sets the wrong tone. But I'm like, but how do you introduce a book that doesn't necessarily work for you? Because it's kind of like this, this, I think it's kind of like leftover from the RWA feeling almost of you can't be mean, but you can yeah. be, but you should still be able to be critical about something not working for you and why. And, and it's hard to figure out if people are open to feedback. Like in, in my job, I get feedback all the time. That's like, just so you know, your flow chart looks like 
fart clouds. And I'm like, oh, they do look like fart clouds. Thank you for that. Um, but I find that sometimes I'll say something about someone's resume. I'm like, you know, when I read it, I forgot who you were at the top, blah, blah, blah. And people don't, it, it's almost like it's part of them. I was like, no, no, not critical to you. This is a piece of paper that yeah. has words on it. Um, exactly. But you know how much that person probably spent on their novel. And yet you want to be like, could you not use the word desert and dessert interchangeably? (laughs) Because it's driving me crazy in between your sex scenes. Exactly. Like, are you having are you having sex in the desert with dessert? Are you having dessert with dessert? And I, I and I find that I don't rate the one star books that I write, especially on BookBub. I sign up to for BookBub where you get the emails every day of like the yeah. free or one dollar books, and yeah. I've read maybe one out of twenty that are like, "Whoa, that was a great book." Other ones, I'm like, "Whoa, you were free," and, <laughs> and I know why. That's the best part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have to put any money into this. Yeah, I know. Right. I, there, yeah, I mean, like that's where I get like half the books on this podcast have been free or like the dollar ninety nine sales or whatever because I don't, I don't have like sixteen bucks to, to spend on an ebook. So I want to make sure, like, the next one that I read that we're going to read is like how to how not to marry a girl, or the girl not to marry whatever. And so I was like. <sighs> This is a this is a ten dollar purchase, but it was a purchase I made, and that was for the ebook. But I made it under the assumption that I knew I was going to a really want to try it, and b I love rom coms, and c it's how to lose a guy in ten days setup. So I knew I wanted to do it, and so next the next one will be with that one, and I have to be really careful about it. So I get it. Some of the cheap books are just like, ooh, it's it can be rough. Like the the book Ariel, um, the episode I did on Ariel, that was one of my free books because and I'd been excited to to wait for it, but I was just like, yeah, this is all porn without plot basically, and I need a little bit of plot if you're gonna I be making nano werewolves. Yeah, it's amazing when someone can do full throttle porn and have an amazing um plot to it, and that's what I liked about Joey Hill. I was like, wow, you came up with this whole like angels are dudes. And there's like the end of the world happening. And because of the sea witch, like there was, there was a lot going on and a lot of sex. Which is good. That's what you want. You want to have the right. both. Like you want to enjoy it. Right. Like I get it. I also find that when a, a really popular book comes out, like Fifty Shades of Grey, even though I did mention Fifty Shades of Alice, if I see on like BookBub, the billionaire night or something, I was like, oh, is this going to be like, a loser knockoff of what was already like done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll stay away from those two. Same. Um, it's got to be creative. Well, I don't like billionaire books anyway, because I yeah. feel like you're taking away all the internal and external conflict for the most part because yeah. they're billionaires. What are you going to do? Like you can just move. Yeah. You, also, you can move to the moon and no one would notice, you know? Yeah. Also, I would buy into it more if they had the billionaire idiosyncrasies like this guy was so sexy. And then he showed me his jar full of toenails that he keeps in the corner. But none of them have that. <laughs> right. And I'm like, or oh, like, this, or it's got real. Yeah, exactly. Or like, like have them be like kind of a dickhole to their staff and be like, you don't want to be an alpha hole, but they can be a dickhole and be like, no, you need to change that. Like, this is not okay. And have him change and understand what's going on. Cause like we read a billionaire book. Um, 
the first Christmas book we read. And, and Sven and I were on it. Yes. <laughs> he was a billionaire. Yes. That was the one we absolutely, like, we were trying so hard to find a book we liked. And I was picking them because they were free because I had to be able to be from Germany and, and America. And, like, German Amazon does not always have the same thing that American Amazon has for the same price or free. So we were having to find something. And so we found it. And we were just like, oh, my God. So I also have to say that clears up a lot of, like, the podcast episodes I listen to. Yes. With you on why it's, like, the bear and the woman. And I was like, well, I am fascinated like by their friends who were like, hey, I think you should read this. I'm yeah. Like, this seems like a, a good group. Or they're it like, is. I got crazy for you. Well, like D D um uh she D and D is with him. Like so last night they were D and Ding. That's why I was up so late too, because they were D and Ding. So, you know, she's got a Ware hyena right now in their D and D group. Oh, nice. And he plays I, a giant turtle. To take a, a another different turn on your podcast. I find that D and D is the great equalizer of people. I've had three friends just do it recently that are from like completely different walks of life. <laughs> and it has like changed their life for the better. See, like I can't get into it. That's the funny thing. I can't so I can't my, sit there and wait four hours and listen to everybody talk. I'm just like I don't have that mind focus. So my brother is a master Dungeons and Dragons at the comic book store in our um, hometown. I would, I know enough of it. I'm not going to be that person, but I do know that we had a group of uh, acquaintances that were D and D people. Yeah, and I was like, really, all those people? Because it seems weird that they're into this for hours. <laughs> Turns out it was a sex orgy, and they were D and D, and then have an orgy in between. <laughs> And I was like, well, well now a bear hyena is going to be doing an elf. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense. Because, like, the, so they're doing, like, I think the Curse of Strand or something. And it's um, Dice and Dolts. It's done by, I'm going to plug this. Give me a minute. It's uh, Jernus Plays. And it's enjoyable because, like, now, like, almost everybody in their party right now is a, either a were hyena, because it's D, or they're a werewolf. So, oh, like, okay. the party has all turned into werewolves, basically. So I'm like, oh, so it's a lot like Underworld, but, you know, less killy with the vampires. You know, they got to go against the vampire. See, I was thinking it sounded like Anita Blake's um, uh, series. I'm trying, Kim Harrison. I, no, who was? No, no, that was a little Kim. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Where, like, after, like, book. 10 she starts to go super crazy and she's <laughs> with the were leopards but she's in the triumvirate uh with like a vampire and a werewolf but the werewolf doesn't want to talk to her anymore and he's yeah. alpha leader i was like there's a lot there i can't remember who you are anymore and she's a necromancer <laughs> and a witch yes oh yeah, yeah yeah i i like i read the first the first ones i ever read by her were like the first one was like surulence whatever that word is sins and i was just like what this is, is a lot. I think I should go back to the beginning and try again. And then I read the first one and I went, well, this doesn't sound anything like the other. No, no. It, it was, went from like UF to like erotica. Yeah. To be. Over the course of like eight books. And I think there's like, there's so many more, but I stopped because I was like, this is a lot, even for me. <laughs> it was Usually a lot. Like, how do you plot these sex cult things down? Yeah, you're like, <laughs> Let me one up myself again. 
like four times in the same book and you're just like you know you're supposed to be going after somebody too right you you have a yeah, plot there so like, there was another series i got into and i know you don't do audiobooks yeah but, um, the rachel morgan by kim harrison um she is a witch in uh st louis but they're they do a world building where basically uh two-thirds of humanity is wiped out so all the supernatural people pop out and they're like oh we've been here and um now they're living side by side oh. so what i liked about her is because it it goes on for like 20 books too and i made it to like book eight before for no other reason i just dropped off i'd wanted to get back to it the audiobooks are really great except for one because they got someone who she, i don't know she must have been on leave and she didn't do the voices right i was like there's pixies there's elves there's a sexy vampire that kind of likes her a little bit but she's her partner uh-huh. what they did well was she didn't suddenly do everyone <laughs> yeah there she would was be like love- oh i'm into a vampire now and then when they broke up, she like waited a little bit. And then she's like, oh, I now found this steady person. Oh, that person's gone? Okay, let me go through a traditional breakup phase. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, because you don't have to do all of the paranormals in all of your universe. At the same time. At the same time. Yeah, that's true. At the same time. Because, you know, she's one woman. There's only three holes. I mean, you don't have to be the porn star of your paranormal universe exactly yeah we have people like that we don't need that it's okay well yeah and like and like that was the thing i find sometimes with pnr because i love pnr um but like sometimes i find trouble finding it where it's like not more erotica but it's been labeled as like pnr and i'm just like i'm a character driven like reader i i don't if the book is like half sex i don't have any connection with it yeah i actually had to do an experiment over the summer where i read a book series 10 years after i had read it and it was the young adult series there's um it takes three books before there's a fade to black sex scene Um, (laughs) so there's like only one kiss in the first book and it's fairies. Uh, it's the Iron Fae series. I'm trying to think. Uh, Julie Kagawa. I think I started reading that about a decade so, ago. Sounds familiar. Right. Yeah. And so I loved it. And it was like a decade later. Do I still love it? Or have I been reading so much stuff that now I'm like, Pusha, I need it. Uh, I need it to be like raunchy. And it turns out I still loved it. I read through the series. Like you said, three hours it takes you to read a book. I was like, that was my pace. And I was like, oh, still got it. So, And that spawned me into a young adult phase again for a couple months. And see, and that's the thing. Like when you go back, you're like, oh, that's what I want. Because like that, I remember reading that because I was reading it around the same time I was reading. like Because that was like during the um, the Shakespeare. Like a lot of people were doing Shakespeare retellings in YA and stuff. So I was reading a lot of that because it kind of interlapped. And I remember reading it. I was like, oh, no, I really liked that one. And then I just kind of I dropped off of it at some point because I just I ran out of the library and then I kind of forgot about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I read so much, is. you know, yeah. I run out. Yeah, interesting to me, especially in the romance um, novels. When someone describes a book, I'm like, you know, you're going to have to give me a lot of details for me to figure out if I've actually read that because it's just been so many. I was like, can I check my Goodreads right now? I'll let you know. And see, and I'm bad about that because, like, for my Goodreads, I keep forgetting to say I read them. Oh, me too. Because I just move I on, just and I'm updated. just like, 
I updated yeah. after three years of not looking at it. I was like, oh, maybe the people on my podcast would like to follow me on some of my books. And then I went back. I was like, oh, it says I'm currently reading things from like three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. I yeah, this. <laughs> exactly. I finally did okay. it with um, a couple of things the other day. Yeah. <laughs> well, so do you rate books on your podcast? Do you say like, this is an A plus? Is that what I was hearing? No, it was like, I did that for, I think I did that for the last one for my, my bear because my bear was like yeah. a really different, a, a comic is so very different for me than a regular book. But like, yeah. I always say like, would you reread it again? So like, would oh, you reread and would you like read more of her and figure out how her worlds work? I like that way of reading things. That's not diplomatic. That's the wrong, that's a strong word. Uh, it's very open to interpretation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would definitely read this more. And I think we both said we would read more of the wilds. Yeah, super good. There's yeah. some there's some fun family. Very Tessa Dare-like, I think. And I will say, when we finally did get to the sex scene, it was worth it. Because it was her consent. Like, yeah. So it was her I, decision. I did have to look. I was like, when was this um, book written? Because they went uh, way out of their way, I felt like, to make sure that it was, like, consent. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if that's like a new thing. Um, I'm looking up when it was written. Um, oh, 2019. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, she's definitely like, I think, I think James has evolved from, from that. But yeah, again, she's following the same kind of line. Because again, we were talking about RWA um, and before the show, <laughs> we we're talking about yeah. RWA. And um, I'm going to say that like Eloisa James has been very cognizant of things that I think and she's been speaking up a bit more and you can definitely tell it when you read her writing where she falls on the RWA side of things got it okay because yeah I went I while I was reading this book I was reading that other book that was from 80s time frame and there were there was no consent going on there was a lot of like rudeness <laughs> happening and Joanna Lindsay the- yeah. And here's the thing. I love <laughs> yeah. Johanna Lindsay as prisoner yeah. of my desire. I got to be in the right mood for it because it is a little bit on the rapey side. But yeah. Yeah. I, it took me completely out. I didn't like the female character. I didn't like the male character. And my friend had recommended the book to me. And I went back to her. I was like, have you read this recently? She's like, oh, I've read it 15 times. It's amazing. It's one of my favorites. And he pointed out the problems I was having with it. She's like, oh, yeah, it's like that. And I wonder if I go back and read Prisoner of My Desire, which started me off romance. So it may be or started me on romance. Is what I, yeah. said. I wonder if I'll have the same feeling on it. Or is there still that nostalgic of this is my first one? Yeah, I think. I think I can understand that because like when I was younger, my like I I started reading romance when I was like thirteen or fourteen because I bolted out of the Sweet Valley High and I ran from the Anne Rice stage, so I went to the romance because <laughs> I was like, what was available? It was like that or Dean Koontz, and I was like, hmm. um, it's like we were the same readers growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like most people don't understand that like I think Sweet Valley High is actually kind of a gateway to romance in many ways because of like Jessica oh, yeah. Wakefield alone. All yeah, of her Jeff romances, like a, a sleazy mud turtle. I know, but I was like, but she's my favorite. Well, <laughs> well her yeah, and Lila, no, her and Lila kind of compete for my favorites. Yeah, no, nobody wants to be friends with Elizabeth. Elizabeth is like the Hermione Granger. Like, I need her for homework time. That's about it. 
<laughs> right and then and then like they they made those books like those super editions where they like threw in like you know oh no she was actually cheating on todd whatever i was like yeah no we read the first one we know she wasn't doing that <laughs> we read the ghost writers first like 10 books we know that's not what was happening right but i will say like to consent i will say the the best sweet valley high book i ever read and it's still in my head is the don't go home with john book did you ever read that one no, what is that? That's one? one. That's the one where Lila was um sexually assaulted or attempted it uh, by her date John Piper Pepper. I can't remember how to say his name. Um, but he he did that. So she went to that downward spiral, and then eventually, either that book or the next book, she had a party and she like just completely dunked on him and made him a pariah in the school after you know more people were coming out saying hey you know no he did this to me blah 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 and it was like it's definitely a 90s book um yes. i think it was like an, it, it was actually in the 90s so it had to be done in the 90s book but like it was just i thought it was a great a great kind of like um early social commentary on on it's okay to be depressed afterwards and it's okay to have however your feeling is okay and yeah, like jessica that- jessica was like ready to like go kill him Jessica and Elizabeth were kind of like on opposite sides, I think, during that. I don't, th- I don't think Elizabeth believed her. I think, I think that's how that one worked. Yeah, that's interesting because but... I can't think of, I'm, uh, I mean, there weren't too many in the Babysitter Club books. There weren't too many relationships that really yeah. believed, except for like Logan and Marianne and yeah. Logan. I mean, unless he's like a closet weirdo, <laughs> he wasn't going to be doing anything weird. It was very sanitized. Yeah. Yeah. And there, you couldn't have any commentary like that. They tackled a few things, but like not, and that would never have come up in theirs. Uh-uh. That, that was a very Anne like... And Rice is just, uh, let's let's all do the vampires. I didn't even read the vampire one. So I read the witches one. The first one I ever read was Lasher. Yeah. Oh. That was the first one I ever read. Now, did you ever do the... No, the witching hour. The witching hour was first. Yeah? I did like the witches. Did you ever read the... Sleeping Beauty series she did? I tried. I bought it when I was like a teen because Borders had it or early 20s because Borders had it on sale and it was out. It was outside for sale, by the way. So I had no idea what I was reading and I, I got it and I got to the first like 50 pages and I was like... Yeah, there's some pony play in there. Not my thing. And I say this as someone who used to go to the After Dark things at Dragon Con all the time. Like, <laughs> I learned what Switch was at After Dark at, at that and I was like, oh, that's what I did. Anyway. I wasn't really into it because I was like, this is a lot. Yeah. This is a lot being in cages. And my head just couldn't take out. You know that scene in Hocus Pocus where the boys are in those cages? Like, my brain just kept dropping that in there. (laughs) And so that kept (laughs) taking me out. Well, and we, I knew about it. And I had vaguely remembered reading it when I was going through my Anne Rice phase. And... I reread it with our book club uh, about a year ago and all of us had had varying ideas about it. Um, if not, um, uh, and like two of our people had never read it before. It was interesting as an adult reading it, especially when you've read so many romance novels across the different spectrums to go back and read it because it seems like Anne Rice wasn't in her prime, meaning she did a lot of the backdoor play rather than what you would consider in an actual sex scene. And yeah. I was like, I don't know that you do a lot in your free time. Yeah. In, yeah. 
It almost seemed yeah. like someone who was trying to write about stuff and be edgy, but had never really experienced. It, it was it was very interesting to read it as an adult. It sounds like it has like the Fifty Shades kind of problem of it did. You want to be part of the group, but you don't actually aren't part of the group, or you're not like asking people that are really part of the group. You're just going yeah. off of what you had a dream about one night and kind of like running with it. Yeah. So that's interesting. I assume that you also said you would read Eloisa James again. Got it. Many okay, times so, if I read her. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. Then we've given uh, her mad props and say no to the Duke gets a um, we'll read again. Absolutely. And I think that like I, I appreciate the fact that she put so much thought into her women characters, not just her lead character, but every single woman character had their own personality and they were distinct from each other. Yes. You don't always get that. Yeah. And even if they did seem like a little over the top or you were like, oh, you're the wise aunt who's a little edgy um, kind of character. It's still you're right. They had their own personality and she customized them. It reminded me a little bit. Have you ever read Joe Beverly? I don't think so, but I've seen the name. She died a couple years ago, but she was she has a series called the Malorian series. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I thought that Betsy reminded me a lot of Elf, who was a female and a bunch of characters like the, the wild. They were named after weird people in like British history. And so you had like Elf, who was like Elfred and stuff like that. But she reminded me a lot of that in that world of of being a character that understands herself and is not ashamed of it. Like she liked making those dirty jokes. She liked making her brothers uncomfortable. Like when her and Aunt No put the frog, the tadpoles in the bed to make it look like they had come too early and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff matters. I think yes. it, it really builds the character up for me to, to be invested. Just like she did with George, Lord Jeremy, she did it with Betsy. I think a really, a lot of really smart play in there to create a, a well-rounded and investable character. Yes. And made it an enjoyable read. Exactly. Like even, even the dark stuff wasn't that dark and there was some dark stuff because that whole thing with his cousin. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. His like cousin that backstabbed the heck out of him. And a whole bunch of other people had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Even to the point where, like, at some point, he ended up in a very disreputable hospital. And if anyone knows what we're talking about, it's, you know, he ended up in Bedlam. Yeah. Like, that's that's hugely scary for someone, even with money. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's it's not the place you want to go. It'd be like going to some of the, the state-run hospitals, in, you know, in the states and, like, around that time frame. It was dicey at best. <laughs> yeah. And there's only, like, towards the end of the book you start to get an idea that the cousin might be a little shady at the beginning. He's just kind of like a meh. He's not your favorite. Right. He's like, um, have you read a notorious vow by Joanna? Yeah. Yeah. So he reminded me a lot of the cousin in that. The the, the Milton reminded me a lot of that character. Yeah. Or Gregory. Sorry. I was calling him Milton because I think Milton's the name of the other guy. Um, But he reminds me a lot of that character. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah I would, like you definitely see that they were taking the the things that make people a little bit different and not standard, and kind of like using them to their best ability to make it worse. And I was like, wow. But I did like the fact that Betsy knew how to hit. That yeah. was a fantastic scene. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil were... people for what happened, but it was like amazing. There's some silent scenes in there that are worth reading. Oh, yeah. Like, you can definitely tell she takes her craft very seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
I was like, that was good. Well, thank you so much for having me on and let me read a book with you. This is a joy that I never get because rarely are people reading the same books as me, except for my book club. And while I tried to make it a trashy book club, <laughs> they wouldn't do it. They keep sneaking real books in there. So rude. Who wants to learn? Who, who doesn't <laughs> want to like to escape like the world, the, the, the like the, the world that's burning around us? <laughs> like, why would you not right. want to escape like- that and go somewhere deeper? Yeah, and I don't, I don't need to have deep thoughts about like the countryside and you know getting away from it all. I was like, no, I need someone doing it in the countryside, <laughs> getting away from it all. Also, you and I have both been to the countryside. It's not that interesting for that long. It's not. There's a lot of. It's not three hundred page. There is no three hundred pages of interest because everything shuts down before like nine o'clock anyway. So what are they gonna do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's I all you. Even the rest of them yeah. each other. Yeah, exactly. So why are you not doing each other to start with? <laughs> See, I get this. This is my brand of of reading. You should enjoy it. <laughs> I've got to read some sci-fi coming up soon, but yeah, like actual sci-fi for myself, not for the podcast. Got it. I'm okay. like, but who has time? I have all the trashy books to read instead and review. I mean, they're much more fun. I think so. Yeah, they're they're yeah. much more like energetic and and vibrant. I think. Yeah, I, when I finish uh, a good romance novel, I walk away being like energized and ready to take on the world or find the characters in the real world or something. Exactly, like you want to go forth. I want to find those friends. If you, re- yeah, lit fic, man, it just doesn't work for me. I was an English <laughs> major that hated it. I, I refused to eat. I refused to read Jane Austen to the to the like horror of most romance fans i hate jane austen i can't find i can't stand her (laughs) this is the one thing we disagree on yeah Uh, yeah it's it's i just i can't do jane austen i tried multiple times i read emma pride and prejudice i tried to read like the abby one and i was just like no see abby is not my favorite it's my friend's favorite and I'm a Pride and Prejudice person. Uh, up there with fairy tale retellings. If you retell Pride and Prejudice, I'm there. They're not all great. There are some <laughs> terrible ones. Um, oh yes, <laughs> Mr. Darcy should not be saying the f word. Uh, <laughs> no, <weird. laughs> no, he's much too proper for that. Right, like absolutely. making like the king would say it before Mr. Darcy would because that is just not proper. Even yeah. I know that. Now, would you say that? Pride and Prejudice and Zombies makes Pride and Prejudice better. I don't know. I haven't read the Zombies one. So uh, I'd be interested to know if you find the book, not the movie. The movie is atrocious. I've tried three times to salvage it in some way and you know, it's epically terrible. But I would be interested to know that. That'll be your homework until until you invite me in on next time. Okay. I like that. I like having homework. I enjoy homework. I, that's how I ended up with another uh, comic I got to read for D. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, I'm going to have to let you go because I hear yep. my kids screaming upstairs. Yep. And <laughs> we have to go, too, because it's almost lunchtime. Okay. Well, this was fantastic, Jessica. Thanks for letting me on. You, too. And thank you for coming on because, like, you're the experimental person this time. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> this week's promo is for 
Lisa's Ladies of Leisure, which features her and a friend, and they talk about a word of the week and how it relates to their life, which is a pretty interesting concept, and I think it's very unique to the podcasting world. Enjoy! Hello, I'm Lisa. And I'm Sljana, and we are Ladies of Leisure. Please join us every Friday as we drop our podcast, which is aimed at choosing a word of the week that we live by, and then we go through and talk about what we did for it. And our feelings. And our delightful (laughs) feelings. We also have three pillars that we focus on in our podcast. Be productive. Burn some butter off your buns. And laugh out loud. Yeah. So those things sound very fun and interesting to you. And if you are lady or lord of leisure and want to hear our leisurely tips and our word of the week, then join us. Every Friday. Ladiesofleisure.net. Find us on Spotify or iTunes. LOL. Hi! So this is a little tag on at the end of the episode. I hadn't planned on adding it, but between recording this episode and now, I've gotten married. What? To whom? To you! To me? Yeah. My God. (laughs) So frequent guests, Finn and I, have gotten married. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's been almost a week. We got married on the 7th. We're recording this on the 13th. So it's getting to be close to that week anniversary. Yes. <gasps> Woohoo. So, and unlike uh, American weddings, it was more of a courthouse wedding. Mm-hmm. But it was a very stylish courthouse wedding. Oh, yeah. Because there's like a little mansion where I live where we can kind of go get married for a little uh, bit of extra money a week. Yeah, to make that clear, it's not a mansion where she lives. It's a mansion in the city where we live. Yeah, it's a part of the city hall owns it. And so they have weddings, you know, a couple times a month there on the weekends. And I happen to catch it right on time. We Mm -hmm. got married on day 87. Yeah, Mm -hmm. out of 90. So (laughs) we barely made it in there for me to be able to stay. But surprise, surprise, I can. Yes. And he looks smashing in his... Midnight blue suit, almost like a TARDIS blue, it looks like, <laughs> if you look at it in the right light. Oh, I didn't look as good as you in your white dress, but <laughs> nobody does. <laughs> so the white dress was a sleeveless dress I had flutter sleeves put on, and I had on two large shoes, so I couldn't wear them for the pictures because two large shoes. <laughs> but I'm hoping on our first anniversary we can go get professional pictures made at some point mm. and make them kind of like really pretty. I also got my hair chopped off by a good, what, like four or five inches? And you say, uh, make the pictures real pretty. It's got a hinge on something. Are you going to be in them? <laughs> now you see why I keep him, right? He's very good for the ego. But uh, I'm just reminding you. <laughs> but we got married, and it was amazing. And his family was there. And for those that were not there, we were streaming. Mm-hmm. Case in point, by the way. So if you want to see the wedding, I'm actually going to put it on the Patreon. So you can actually see the full thing. We're going to upload it so we can see it. Plus, there's a message to the patrons about that as well. Mm-hmm. And in a separate video, because we're trying to make it a little bit more fun in Patreon. But also, I mean, the, the people that contributed helped make this happen. So. Mm-hmm. They're fraud. This is a romance podcast. Exactly. And it's our Happily Ever After starting now. Mm-hmm. So we're just like the end of all those cool books that we keep reading about. Well, uh-huh. the ones we like anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there not, were a few. Not so much the ones that we dislike. <laughs> Neither of us is a billionaire, for that matter. Yeah, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. Billionaires really should wanna, not exist. I don't really want to be Jeff Bezos, do you? 
<laughs> right? So we don't really want to be in that category of people. We're, we're good being good people and not, you know, stepping on toes left, right, and center to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Toes, hats, throats. Back, spines. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. So the wedding was very cool. It was about mm, 15 minutes or so, I'd say. Somewhere around 15, 20. More like 20, 25. Okay. Because I couldn't really tell from the beginning. Cause... I think the stream was like 30 minutes. Okay. So the reason I couldn't tell is I still haven't watched it. Just to give you a heads up, I can't I can't listen and I can't watch myself. That's why he edits. I literally can't do it. I just get so much self, like my whole personality and ego just goes to the floor because I just get so, you know, critical of myself. So I haven't actually seen it, so I'm not sure. I listened to a little bit of it um, from the other room because mm-hmm. that's how I roll. <laughs> I kept her company. Yeah, because he's not real fond of it either. But we also don't have a lot of pictures, but like I said in the Patreon stuff, we're going to put most of the pictures up there. Mm-hmm. If you were on Twitter, you on the Damsels Podcast Twitter, you may have seen pictures here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll put a better picture of my ring on there, and I'll put a better picture of his ring, which doesn't fit. It fits on one of her fingers. Yeah, it doesn't fit on the right finger, on the proper finger, because his knuckles are bigger than his hands. Yeah, I'm... Um... I'm kind of in a chitna that way. Yeah, so we've, we've kind of got to like go either get a new one because I can get one just like the one I bought them because where I bought it, they have other sizes. Mm-hmm. Or I can we can just go try and have it like... Fitted. Fitted, yeah. Just take some of the inside out a little bit and it's make it less thicker. Inside out without a Pixar budget. <laughs> yeah, we have no Disney budget for this wedding. This wedding was actually fairly inexpensive, mm-hmm. but my mother-in-law made an amazing cake. Yes, it was good. And my now husband helped make it. He helped decorate it. He helped decorate it. That's what counts. And my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law and all my in and my mother-in-law, like father-in-law, the whole in-law clan that came was amazing and very welcoming. And it was just a really good day. It felt good to have something together we've been looking forward to for a long time. Six and a half years, y'all. Mm-hmm. It's almost um, closer actually to seven now because mm-hmm. March and yeah, yeah, closer. Almost six and three quarters? Yeah, because it's almost as old as my nephew, hmm. who had a birthday on Monday. I didn't realize we were getting married near his birthday. Yeah, sometimes things happen that way. Oh, no, to explain. It's because my father, uh, my stepfather and my mother got married five days after my little brother's birthday. Mm-hmm. So, things cluster. Well, and apparently we got married on the day that my parents got married and then they divorced and then there's someone else in the family who got married on our wedding day and got divorced but we're not that they're not using it anymore we can have it exactly we have double use but if you would like to see any of that you can definitely check out the the patreon account i hope you guys enjoy that part Mm -hmm. and i'm going to add a little bit extra here which he will talk about i'm sure because he watched me build it i actually created a web page hell yeah it's a damselspodcast.com dot com yep and it's got a list of all the episodes, so you can listen to them on the website. It's got a list of all the places you can find us. It's got an about. It's got a contact information. It's got a list of the patrons. And the list of all the features you had. All the fe- Yeah, like all the recommendations. Um, the book one's probably not so much because there's been so many, but I've got to mm-hmm. keep adding to it. Mm-hmm. But like all the podcasts I have talked about since the podcast started has been listed there mm-hmm. in ABC order. With links, that's how she rolls. with links to either their website or whatever I could find to just to pull you in so you could listen to them and find access to. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if you guys wanted to check that out, that would be great. 
I'm still working on making the design a little bit and I'm going to add some more stuff, but there's a little bit more uh, to the podcast now. Yeah. It gives you a little bit more room. Mm. And no website is ever done. Uh, yeah, especially not mine. I appreciate you guys listening, and I appreciate you wanting to be part of the story because I know we got a lot of comments on Twitter, and that was amazing. I wasn't expecting it. I was just announcing it because sometimes, you know, a little happily ever after, mm. especially in the time of pandemics and political strife and all everything in between mm. sometimes it's good to have a little happy ending and a reminder that life isn't always shitty yeah no, not everything in life is politics and pandemics and cats the movie <laughs> but you can have a cat just not cats yes you can have multiple cats too <laughs> as long as they don't look like james corden <laughs> or jody or judy dench's hands but anyway mm. we actually haven't seen the movie so we can't riff on it too much True. but Maybe we should. Uh, I know. <laughs> I just wanted to let you guys in on what was happening and to give you the heads up, let you know about the new website. Mm-hmm. And next time I'll be covering Not the Girl You Marry by Andy J. Christopher, which I mentioned, I think, at the end of this episode, but I'm going to reiterate. Mm-hmm. I have to record the episode coming up, mm-hmm. and it'll be with uh, Courtney from The Cult of Domesticity. Don't miss it. Yeah. All right, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye.